Next on BYU Sports Nation, the return of Yoli Childs gives hope for a better season, but where will the Cougars be better? Can the Cougars challenge Gonzaga for the West Coast Conference title? And how does the sound of a 72-team NCAA tournament sound? That's crowded. Plus, the newest progressive BYU football staff hires in the old Sunday play issue is back. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. What is good? Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Friday, May 18th. I am Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is raking the leaves he didn't in the fall. So I'm teamed up with the biggest John Tesh fan I know. Jason Shepard. Do you know what I'm doing literally right now? What are you? I am sending a tweet to John Tesh right now. <laughs> it, seriously, right now. It says, shout out to at John Tesh. We've been listening to Round Ball Rock so much lately. It is truly great. And send. Just, <laughs> you, you did it. It just happened. Round Ball Rock is the <laughs> NBA on NBC theme. Oh. Ba, 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 ba. Like, so good. We were pumping ourselves up before the show. We've, we've been listening to that a lot lately. It's one of the greatest pieces of music in the history of the world. Second only to Yanni, live at the Acropolis. <laughs> Yanni. Yanni. Laurel. <laughs> that's still, I love everyone's fake ones that they're coming out. I know. I know. Settle this good. debate once and for all, and then it's something unrelated. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Lots to discuss. Uh, softball in the NCAA regionals, baseball with a tremendous performance, uh, among other things. So let's get right to it. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Yoli Childs announced his return earlier this week. Yes. And with it, the return of optimism that the Cougars could get back to being BYU basketball. The hope is Brigham's ballers will be improved. But, Jason, where do you expect BYU basketball to be better next season? One of the things that immediately came to mind with this is perimeter shooting. I expect BYU to be better shooting the basketball on the perimeter. Despite the loss of Elijah Bryant. It's despite the loss. And, and one of the reasons why is the addition of Nick Emery. Having him back, I believe, will help that immensely. Plus, if you look at the, just the shooting percentages from TJ Haas and Zach Selyus last year, they were down years for both. Zach Selyus was under 30%. TJ Haas went from 40% his freshman year down to 30% from three last season. I fully expect both of those guys to get back to their sharpshooting ways. I think that's one of the things that we will see. I think you'll see with the pace that we've talked about, maybe a little faster. I know Lee Kamard had mentioned that pace will definitely be something. And Yoli did as well. And Yoli did as well. That That's something that will be a part of it. I think that that will help uh, – the offense in general, but the one specific area I'm looking at is is perimeter shooting, and I, I think that's where they'll be better. Offensively, BYU reined it in a lot, and, and that was in an attempt to value possession and take good shots. I wonder if it was reined in too much. I think that TJ Haas and Zach Selyus were maybe a little gun-shy from the three-point line, given how, um, I guess, strong the opinion of, of Heath Schroer. And what Heath did was a good job in, in getting BYU controlled. I just wonder at some point if it was maybe so much that those guys lost a little bit of confidence. Perhaps a, a new offense and a new look helps those guys. I'm with you. I think the offense will be better. I think BYU will, will score more points. They'll score more points per possession, more in transition, more movement, better shooting. Zach Selyus can't dip 20% from three and that be like, okay, everything's fine. That's not fine. 
TJ Oz goes sub, you know, sub 40 goes 10% difference. Yeah. That is a big, big difference. And when you're losing games that you don't want to lose at Pacific and at LMU and so on, and you're trying to win big games at Gonzaga, uh, you know, and at St. Mary's and whatnot, and non-conference is even tougher this year, I think the offense will be better. Don't forget about a guy like Peyton Dastrup, too. I think Peyton Dastrup could be used in a uh, more efficient and valued way this season, not to mention some of the newcomers that we've uh, started to discuss, like Gavin Baxter, Connor Harding, Ryland Bergerson, perhaps an increased role as well. So I think BYU, I'm with you. I think offensively, BYU will improve. Can the Cougars continue to defend at a similar level is the question. So, yeah, and that's, that's one of the things that we'll have to wait and see what, what the scheme is like. How much of what we saw defensively from last year will we see this year? Is that something that gets tweaked a little bit? How much of that was, you know, Heath Schroer? To his credit. Yes, absolutely. And yeah. so, so how much of that is, is – did we just see in one year? How much of that is now, okay, well, this is now part of our DNA. We're going to try and implement that moving forward. I agree with you. That will be certainly something to pay attention to. One of the other topics of discussion from Yoli was about conference tournament success and the chance of going back – to the NCAA tournament. And I think just with the experience and guys knowing exactly what they need to do, I think we're going to have a great year. I think we're going to go back to the tournament. I think we can knock off Gonzaga. I think it's going to be a great year. Jerem, do you believe BYU will challenge Gonzaga for the WCC tournament title? What does challenge mean? Does it mean play a close game? Um, I believe that this is Gonzaga's league and that the West Coast Conference sponsors the league on the side. <laughs> Mark Fuse, the commission. They run, like, what Gonzaga has done in this league has been really impressive. In fact, they've dominated this league more than any other team has done it, dominated any other league, maybe in any other sport in the NCAA. I mean, there are probably a few we could discuss there. But that's not a knock on BYU. If BYU finishes in second and gets to Tuesday night in Vegas and they have a good enough schedule, which it looks like they're going to have, and they have enough wins, they can get into the NCAA tournament. You know who never won a conference championship? Your boy, Jimmer Fredette. Like, it's not a thing that you have to do to get to the NCAA tournament and have success. In fact, Gonzaga being there means BYU has multiple quad one games. Last year, three quad one. So it's a great thing. But it can be daunting and sometimes a burden knowing ah, Gonzaga's probably winning the regular season and the tournament. So I, I probably lean on the no side. But can BYU challenge them? Certainly. One game in yes. Vegas. It's one game. That's, that, that is the key. And the, there, there's two things. If we're, we're going to pick this apart, the word can they challenge them? Well, of course they can challenge them. Last, last year's game was not a challenge. No, it but, needs to be better than but, that. But they can challenge them for the game in Las Vegas. Now, if you're asking me if BYU is going to win that game, I think it's a different conversation. It's exactly. Can they challenge them? Absolutely. Because as you mentioned, it's not like the question is, can they challenge them for the regular season title? We're asking about the tournament. All you have to do is get hot in one game. BYU has proven they can beat Gonzaga. They're one of the teams that has... Not in Vegas yet. Not in Vegas yet. But in terms of being able to say, we have a blueprint on how to beat Gonzaga, they have had enough wins. It's Corbin Kafus. So, so, yes, they can absolutely challenge him. What I expect them to be, for the reasons that you mentioned, I, wouldn't, I would not right now, simply because they have had a monopoly on this conference for decades. 
this is their conference, and they have proven to be the best in the West Coast Conference. Yeah. So right now, I would I would say no. But can they challenge them in one game in Vegas in March? Absolutely, they can. I've been to the last eight West Coast Conference championship games in person. It is really, really stinking hard to beat Gonzaga there. In fact, only St. Mary's with Della Vadova and company were able to do it one year. So it is certainly tough. Yesterday, the ACC proposed a 72-team NCAA tournament, adding four more to the team, uh, the first four, making it the first eight. Jason, do you like the idea of a 72-team NCAA tournament? No, I, I don't. I can't tell from your I, I I hate this. I Ooh, do not. Okay, Max. I do not like this. I, I don't want us going down the same path as college football, where there are so many bowl games that it's just not special anymore. Like, stop adding. Now, it's different if you're adding, say, to the college football playoff. Like, you're going to eight. So as you want eight in, in college football, but not. No, basketball. no. I understand that for teams that are on the bubble, and sometimes that's BYU, that it could certainly help. And so from a selfish perspective, if it gets BYU in, well, for that part, well, I, I would like that. But the concept of adding teams, I think, takes away how special it is to make the postseason and make the NCAA tournament. I, I don't I, – the college bowls, for me, are a joke. There's just too many of them. Nobody knows. What else are you Every, doing in December? Everybody goes. It's just part of a season. It's not something special anymore. I do not like the, the possibility of adding to the NCAA tournament. I do not. More, please. More, please. 2012 and 2015 were first four appearances for BYU. If there was no first four, if, BYU, if the NCAA tournament had not added to the 64, and by the way, it used to be 48, and before that it was even fewer, if, if this idea had kept, uh, had been the same, BYU would not have been in the NCAA tournament 2012 and 2015. That means post-Jimmer would have been two times in seven years. So those certainly helped BYU. I think this would be good. It, it, there's probably like a healthy balance of, okay, what's too many? What is, what is traditional versus non-traditional? I don't think it's going to hurt if you had four more. I really don't. Then, then, you're getting, and then you're getting eight extra teams in, and there, there you go. If you can't get into that tournament, you just don't deserve to be into the NCAA tournament at that point. So I'm, I'm okay with 72. And why is the ACC the one proposing this? Because they've got like three-quarters of the league that is NCAA tournament good. <laughs> They're really good. Every year. So would it help the Power 7 basketball conferences, or would it actually help a team like BYU – the Cougars need to put themselves in position to be helped. BYU football yesterday tweeted out three new hires to the sports staff. John Swift is now the new director of football operations. Alema Fatisimanu will be the player personnel coordinator. And Tasha Bell has been hired as the player development and on-campus recruiting coordinator. What's your reaction to the new football hires, Jerem? I like him. Uh, it's great to see Alema Fatisimanu back, former BYU linebacker. He was at Utah. Now he's the player personnel coordinator. He replaces Tavita Ofengawe. So he's been at Utah the last four years. Hopefully he learned some good things. Good to have him back home. I like Alema. I always like former Cougars that come back. Yeah, I, I, I like love that. the fact that you're bringing in guys who have a history with BYU, who understand BYU, and certainly have a, a love and a passion for the program. And let's be honest, you're taking somebody from Utah, too. How about that? Yeah, there you go. And, and he's got some good connections. Yes. Recruiting some good players up at Utah. Guys, similar guys to what BYU is going after in many instances. So that's good from a connection standpoint. Uh, Tasha Bell. It's, this is a great progressive move to bring a woman to the staff for BYU football. I really like that idea 
of of uh, being a little more progressive with it and bringing Tasha Bell in. Fantastic. Well, and, and not just that, and I agree with you 100% on that. That's that's something that maybe people on the outside were like, whoa, look what BYU is doing. I don't know how many other staffs have, have a female I, on the staff. Yes, I, I, don't know, I don't know the answer to that, but here, here's the way I look at it, though. I'm, this, this is not just a, a good hire for that reason. This is somebody who, I mean, this is, you're going to hire the best person from the jo- for the job. So right. they clearly believe she's the best person for the job. Fantastic. I think I think it's fantastic, and I agree with you. I don't know too many other staffs that have you know a, a female on it. So awesome, good job. And then John Swift, director of football operations, replaces Russell Tialavea. So he oversees operations, manages the roster. So he for six seasons was a, a manager, a student manager um, with BYU, and then he got an MBA from Arizona State. Worked at worked at Macaroni Grill, and then he was at Dealer Socket. And now he's here. So um, John brings some experience with the team kind of as a, as a student, and now he's back. And if he can get the team like a discount at Macaroni Grill, I think that's a great thing too, right? New catering for lunch? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but this, the one thing that I, I didn't realize until we had gone through the bio that he had been you know, student manager around the program for yes. a long, long time. Oh, 6 to 11. Yeah, Those so I mean, he, he was here for, for a long time. I, I do John not know Swift, the sneaky – Element to the 06789 run Maybe. that we have undervalued. They're like at this point. They're like they've been trying to get him back, and they were finally able to get him back. Now they yeah they pulled him away from the homies at Dealer Socket. You know former former BYU guys uh, running that company, which is crazy successful. In fact, we were at someone's house uh, before one of the fan fests, and and the garage was open, and I saw some cars that are worth more than the value of my home. So uh, that was awesome. <laughs> Did you get to drive any of them? No. I, in fact, I was ask? told to stop looking at them. No, You're like, please I'm, don't even look in the general don't direction even, of yeah. these vehicles. Yeah, like some of our students with Spencer were like, don't make eye contact. <laughs> the BYU men's golf team advanced to next year's NCAA, or <laughs> next year's, next week's NCAA championships in Stillwater, Oklahoma. We talked to F- Patrick Fishburne yesterday. Fantastic performance from those guys. The first three rounds of the tournament are scheduled for next Friday, Saturday, and <gasps> Sunday. The Cougars don't play on Sunday. This just in to no one watching this channel. The Golf Channel did a piece on their website yesterday about the Cougar accommodations, which is to play round three on Thursday. Jason, is BYU Sunday play a big issue in this case? It isn't because it's not new. There are those who are, are trying to make it a big deal, but it just is not. Everybody knows BYU will not play on Sunday. The NCAA has allowed BYU to do that, and anybody who complains needs to check themselves. This is before not before you wreck <laughs> before you wreck yourself themselves. Yes, Th- this is not new. If you're if you're surprised, then you're not paying attention. And it just this is honestly this is a a non-story for me. And, but people are trying to make it out to be this big deal. And anytime this happens, whether, whatever the sport is, any, it's, it's like it's a new thing. And people are just finding this out for the first time. This is not new. This is, this is old news to me. Well, if you don't know, you don't know, right? So women's golf gets into the NCAA championships two years ago, and it's like this came up again because people didn't know. Baseball in the NCAA regionals last year. Soccer. It comes up. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yes. Women's hoops, if they were to get into the Final Four, they would have to redo the Final Four. So, it... Yeah. But there, there, say, are, there are rules in place that allow this. Yes. So, for people yes. to constantly complain about it is ridiculous. To, to uh, not want this to happen, to some degree, is religious discrimination. Sure. There is uh, a school. It doesn't want to play on Sunday. It's BYU. And... In an era of trying to be more understanding and loving and accommodating, understanding this, I think, is the right move, right? 
it, there's a lot of things going on in our world today, and this is a sports story along those lines of, hey, this is a thing we have. Please understand and accommodate. So uh, the NCAA has accommodated. Will, will others' attitudes accommodate as well? Our question of the day, where do you expect BYU basketball to be better next season? Let's get to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right, on Twitter at Cougar Stats, friend of the program, three-point shooting. BYU has been 194th and 187th in three-point percentage the last two seasons. This just in, that's not good. And was 25th three years ago. Emery and Celius were on that team. Dave Rose mentioned this is a focus after the end of last season. That's a great point, one you brought up as well. Can the three-point shooting be better for BYU? A huge part of the offense. Well, it is. And, I mean, the last year, BYU was getting the looks. It's not like the guys didn't know where they were supposed to be and were taking bad shots. They, there were shots in rhythm where everybody wanted, coaches wanted the players to be. The shots just weren't falling. I, I think that will be an improvement this year. Uh, this coming in from at uh, TM Sherbel. Uh, from what I hear, we're going to be better above the rim Baxter and Yoli better be getting on SportsCenter night in and night out. And hopefully they can be on SportsCenter as much as the softball team. The (laughs) softball team was on twice this year. Pretty impressive. That is pretty good. Continue to respond on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, BYU Baseball picked up a win over Pacific last night. Head coach Mike Littlewood joins us in Studio B later in the show. And in case you missed it, some of our best conversation with Yoli Childs from yesterday after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Baseball defeated Pacific last night 3-1 in Game 1 of the three-game series. Game 2 tonight at Miller Field. You can watch the game live on BYU TV at 8 p.m. Eastern. Listen on BYU Radio. The series and season finale is tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, also on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. As Jason mentioned, follow us at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter as well. Our question of the day, where do you expect BYU basketball to be better next season? At Colonel underscore James 83 on Twitter. One, three-point shooting. That's the second time that's been referenced. Two, transition offense, a bit quicker pace. And three, better defense with better switching off of picks, etc. Now, if Yoli Childs and Gavin Baxter can guard multiple positions, you can just switch and be fine. And perhaps, and that's Childs, one thing that Childs mentioned yesterday, that could be an influencer defensively. In fact, if you missed our conversation with Yoli Childs yesterday, he's back, which is great. He was on the program to discuss why he thinks this will be the best team he's played on at BYU, what his expectations are, and how close he was to actually leaving. Do you feel like this is a team that could be bubblish, that could get into the NCAA tournament? For sure, for sure. I think this is going to be the best team that I've played on in the last three years. Uh, with, with Eric leaving, I think we got better still. And that's not a knock against Eric. He's an unbelievable player. It would have been awesome to have him. We would have been even better. But I think it just goes to show how many guys we have ready to step up. With Eli going this year, guys are going to step up and be great, and we're going to be better than we were last year. Again, not a knock to Eli, not a knock to Eric. Both unbelievable. It would be awesome to have them both. But guys are going to step up. Guys are getting better. Uh, I, I look back to my freshman year when we had six freshmen and I think four or five sophomores, and we were so young. Now those guys that, that got to play a lot of minutes, like me and TJ as freshmen, we're juniors now. You know, we're upperclassmen. We've been through it. 
And I think just with the experience and guys knowing exactly what they need to do, I think we're going to have a great year. I think we're going to go back to the tournament. I think we can knock off Gonzaga. I think it's going to be a great year. BYU basketball now junior forward. Yoli Childs with us in Studio B. Nick Emery says he is back. What do you think the addition of Nick will do for this team and the progress that you hope to make? It's awesome to have guys like Nick. Uh, I look at our team and it's so exciting to see uh, how versatile we can be, especially on the offensive end. You know, there's going to be a night where, where, say, me and TJ aren't shooting the ball great, and Nick can go out and hit 10 threes. You know, he's the type of player that's capable of doing that. Uh, I think it's huge to have several options on a team of guys that can just go off on any given night. I think we have guys like, I think McKay can come in and give us 20. You know, TJ can go off for 30. Nick can go off for 30. Uh, and it's just awesome to have so many options. So the same guys don't have to be hot. How close were you to living? Like, like, was it close? Did it, did it come close or was it, okay, I learned things I need to do, I'm coming back? I think I just went into it with a very open mindset. Uh, I genuinely went into it 50-50 of, like, it just depends what these teams think about me. That was some of our conversation with uh, now junior forward Yoli Childs. If you want to watch or listen to the entire thing, you can download the podcast. Yoli Childs feels very confident about BYU's ability to be better. I, I think we're all in agreement that we – think BYU will be better, right? Do we think BYU will finish lower than third or be an NIT first-round knocked-out team? I, I think BYU will be better than I, that. Yes, I absolutely believe Despite, be And he makes a great point. Eric Mika didn't come back. Yoli Childs feels like the team got better. They didn't have a better finish to the season, but I feel like we all thought there were many elements of the season that went better. What, what does BYU need to do to make you feel like it was a better season? Than the last two, you know, I I think a lot of what's the one thing that I I believe a hundred percent with what Yoli said was talking about the fact that these guys that came in as freshmen they're going they're now juniors this year they've been through two seasons of learning and the ups and downs of of a college basketball season and this is not just unique to BYU and this is every program you come in as a freshman you, there's a learning process by the time you're a junior and a senior. You're, you've matured enough, not just physically, but mentally and knowing the game. I think that is going to be a big deal. I mean, T.J. Haas as a junior, Yoli Childs as a junior. Getting Nick Emery back, I think, will help alleviate a Who's lot. Junior as well. Yes, who, who will help alleviate a lot of what you're, you're losing with Elijah Bryant. I, I agree with him. He should be excited. He should be feeling confident about the way that this team has the ability to play with the personnel that will be coming back. It stinks to lose Elijah Bryant because he was such an important part. But there's still a lot of talent on this team, and I absolutely – I would certainly not expect them to go the other direction. I I think this is a team that can get better. Can you imagine Eric Mika and Elijah Bryant being on this team? (laughs) That would have happened had they both stayed through all four years here. (laughs) <laughs> we can't worry single, about it now. Single tier. We can't worry about it single now. Single tier. Uh, the uh, yeah, the lone peak three and uh, everybody. I think this is a good squad. St. Mary's loses the big three, okay, and the, and they lost a grad transfer as well, who was a notable player. St. Mary's is not. A, I I think when the preseason poll comes out, that BYU is going to be the number two selection in the preseason poll. That Gonzaga will be the unanimous number one. You can't vote for yourself, so they'll get nine of the ten. Mark Few will vote for BYU, probably. And then Yola Childs will be a front runner, if not the guy, uh, for player of the year. As he should be. Before the season starts. 
he expects to be better in how he shoots the ball. So guess what? Yoli Child's going to be shooting more threes. If he shoots like he did against Gonzaga in the WCC tournament and St. Mary's, that's a good thing. He expects to defend a little better. We talked about switching picks. And then uh, effort. You know, the uh, NBA team said, hey, we need you to, to be the guy with the most effort on the floor. Combine that with a couple of newcomers that are exciting. I, I think BYU will be better. It's not, I don't think it's that hard to be an advance in the NIT team, at least one game. But I think, can BYU smell and sniff the NCAA tournament? Because they have not the last two years. And that's been really frustrating. Look, the, the thing that I'm really excited about with Yoli Childs, besides the fact that he rocked that turtleneck, I am one that cannot... That told me a lot about his maturation. I, I cannot <laughs> wear a turtleneck. If for some reason, it just is not... You don't a, have enough neck. It's not a good look You're for me. You're not Merton Hanks. <laughs> Yeah, I just can't pull it off. I can't pull it off, so props to Yoli for, for the turtleneck. But there's a lot on the line for him, and I mean that in a positive way. Sure. He, first of all, he knows how good he can be. He was fantastic last year. His progression has been phenomenal. So, But it's, it's not just the success that he can bring to this team. He's also playing for his career. He and said he wants to be a first-round Absolutely. He thinks he can be a And now he has a blueprint from NBA teams to say, okay, if that's your goal, this is what you want to do. We want to see this, 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 and this. So you absolutely, with that being his dream to play at the next level, he is coming into this season wanting to be better at all of those things. That will help him personally in terms of his goals, but that will also help BYU basketball because they're, they're getting a really good player who's looking to be even better. I'm glad that his goals aligned with BYU's goals. Yes. Because a guy like Eric Mika needed to develop more of a uh, longer shot. I'm not sure that was going to be kosher in what BYU was doing because they wanted him with his back to the basket. They weren't going to drag him out as much. So it's certainly nice when those align. But in this case, you know, if you're BYU, you're like, what do you need? Because we're probably going to provide it so that you come back. Because BYU's best self is with Yoli Childs this year. I don't think that BYU could have withstood losing Elijah Bryant and Yoli Childs and thought, yeah, we got a real shot at the NCAA tournament. I don't think that would have happened. But with Yoli Childs back, you got a chance because he's that kind of player. Well, speaking of the, the perimeter shooting in terms of the bigs, that's the one thing that Eric Mika was told by the NBA scouts is you got to develop a jump shot away from the basket. You got to be able to shoot away. So th- that's one of the things he was told. Yoli was told the same thing. He's that's that's Yoli what the, needs to shoot three specifically. Yes, Eric did not need to shoot threes. But time. in terms of stretching your range, is what I'm talking. Eric about. did stretch his range post mission. His sophomore year, he was shooting the elbow yes. jumper successfully. But that's the way that the NBA game is going, and so I think you're going to start to you'll start to see, and you already have. You'll start to see more college teams doing that with their bigs if they feel they have an opportunity to play at the next level. There's it only, just prepares them for that. There's only two BYU players that you wouldn't let shoot a three on this team next year. Luke Worthington and Braden Shaw. Everyone else, Ryan Andrus, Peyton Dastrip, the two other fives or centers, they've got uh, the ability to stretch the Dalton Nixon can shoot. We saw that. I wouldn't call him a five. I'm just talking no, about Oh, you're talking about specifically fives. Just the fives, okay. yes. All the fours need to be able to shoot. It's 2018. It's 2018. Power forward's got to be able to shoot. No more, uh, you know, emphasis on the power. I guess it's just a forward. Our question of the day. Where do you expect BYU basketball to be better next season? At Twig Your Stone on Twitter. Had some defensive improvements this year. Would like to see continue to get better. Three-point shooting also should get better. Another three-point shooting mention. So I think so far that's uh, like the strong uh, answer to this. 
from people. Three-point shooting. Amen to that. Yeah, I think that's exactly – I think that's where one of the places that we'll see uh, an increased production from the BYU basketball team. All right, coming up, BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood stops by Studio B. Which players from this year's roster does he expect to get drafted? Great performance from Jordan Wood. Maybe he's one of those guys last night. Plus, the newest BYU staff hires and how did BYU softball fare yesterday in the NCAA regionals? What's the schedule today? This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We are also on demand. Great to have you on a Friday. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU football hires John Swift, Alema Fatisimanu, and Tasha Bell to positions on the staff. Swift will be the director of football operations. Fatisimanu is the player personnel coordinator. And Bell will be the player development and on-campus recruiting coordinator. Congratulations to all three of those. BYU men's volleyballs, Leo Durkin, Price Jarman, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, and Brendan Sander were all named All-Americans and featured in Volleyball Magazine. Garcia-Fernandez was named the Freshman of the Year. Yeah, he's like the consensus best freshman in college <laughs> yes. volleyball among everybody. BYU baseball beat Pacific 3-1. Fantastic performance last night by Jordan Wood. A nearly complete game one-run performance defensively. They face each other again tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And tomorrow, the season finale and senior day at 3 Eastern, again on our air. Head coach Mike Littlewood will join us coming up in the next segment. BYU softball falls 3-2 to two to Drake last night in the NCAA tournament. BYU will play the University of Albany today at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. If the Cougars win that game, they will when, also play. When they win that game. When the Cougars pl- win that game, they will also play a second game on Friday at 11 p.m. Eastern. The fighting Jimmer Fredettes of Albany. Glens Falls is like an hour south of Albany. All right. So if they're anywhere near Jimmer, they just like, the incorporate. They just incorporate. Yeah, it's fine. I, exactly. can, I can appreciate that. Good luck to softball. That was kind of the 8-9 matchup, so an even one. BYU falls, but uh, hopefully they can win and then win and get to tomorrow. And Drake did perform after that. That's not true. Our question of the day, where do you expect BYU basketball to be better next season? Let's go back to the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Weigh in on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Clarissa Tucker Weideman on Facebook. I'm hoping they will be better on the perimeter where Zach Selyus can knock down more threes along with TJ Haas and Nick Emery. Now, join me on a a trip to the Marriott Center this season and the following lineups out on the court. Mm, Okay, I'm picturing it. Okay. TJ Haas, Mm -hmm. Nick Emery. Yes. Joshir Hardnett. Yes. Zach Selyus, Gavin Baxter. Mm. That group can get out and run. Go that, with the smaller lineup. Well, Yoli Childs run. is just getting a breather on the bench. But, like, you insert all kinds of guys that can shoot and run. I, like, who on this team can't shoot or run? A couple of five men, and they're there to defend and get rebounds and block shots, and they have a, that role. I think this team, if they I, – I always wonder this too, Jason. When you're coming up with a playbook, okay, I look at – how much do I look at our team versus how much do I look at a system I want to run? I would hope that those two coincide. And if they do, there's a lot of threes and a lot of dunks this year. Well, this is not something that, you know, was, was not at the forefront of Yoli Child's comments. You heard him talking about the versatility of this team. They have so many different lineups that they can put out there, which can, you know, speed the game up or slow it down if they need to. Whatever the case may be, they feel like they have the personnel to do that. 
All right, again, the question, where do you expect BYU basketball to be better next season? So much snark in this response. <laughs> Mark Lynch on Facebook. Hopefully in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, they'll so be there. Snark. Everyone qualifies. <laughs> I think the goal every year for BYU is get to get to the Tuesday night tournament title game. If you get there, you're likely in a decent position to get into the NCAA tournament. Sure. Unfortunately, this last year, BYU wasn't, wasn't close. But guess what? You get to Tuesday and you think, what if we win this game? We're in, baby. And March can get crazy. Unfortunately, we haven't seen BYU Maybe win that. mad? Yes. Unfortunately, we have not seen BYU win a conference tournament game since 2001, which is one of the most ridiculous stats in BYU sports. As good as BYU's been, they haven't won one. Like men's volleyball hasn't won a national championship and so forth. That's up there, too, in this conversation of like, what? BYU's been good but not finished the deal. So I, I agree with Mark. Hopefully in Las Vegas, that's the culminating moment for this BYU men's basketball. Well, and the other part about it is, and it obviously it depends on how your regular season goes in terms of your seeding, but the changes to the, to the tournament in terms of getting certain teams' buys Good point. to the, you know, the next round, that could certainly help BYU and their chances of getting the NCAA tournament. If the men's basketball team with the new WCC format finishes in the top two, yes, and that's the expectation. That I they would finish second. Yes, they have to win one game on Monday night to get to Tuesday. And that's I, it. You don't even have to play Saturday anymore. I fully expect BYU to leapfrog St. Mary's this year. I absolutely expect that. Yes, I, if St. Mary's finishes above BYU, that is a sincere disappointment, regardless of how many kangaroos they bring in uh, for this season at USU Coug Eleven. Now that defensive discipline has been implemented, I think the offense will be tailored more to better fit the players, specifically guys like Haas and Selyus. I said it yesterday. I think Zach Selyus is maybe the hidden gem, especially offensively, of this group. He is so good from three. He was not last year. I feel like perhaps the offense wasn't catered to kind of his style, which is if there's a quick, good three-pointer open early in the shot clock, that's okay. Last year, he Troy wanted to slow it down, wanted to value possession. I think those are important principles. Can there be some kind of balance between that ideology and taking a good quick three? Okay. It was weird because as soon as you mentioned Jem, I immediately thought of uh, the Infinity Gauntlet. Of course you did. But you're not. <laughs> but yeah! not that's right, Karan. But not in reference to the six foot. Not game in reference to the six football call games. The Gauntlet. The Gauntlet. And oh, by the way, I'm going to Disneyland in about a month. Yeah. They have a. Can you fill in for me during that week? <laughs> no, I cannot. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and. and you know, put the kibosh on that right now. They have a, an infinity uh, gauntlet, gauntlet yeah. but it's 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 got a straw in it. You can put a drink in it, and, and then you and you put it in your hand, and then <laughs> drink it like that. I'm going to get that for the for the set. Yes, I'm going to expense it. You maybe. can join me on the trip to the Marriott Center with your <laughs> infinity gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, continue right. to weigh in on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, the accolades continue for BYU volleyball. That and more later in the whip. And he's one of the best looking coaches on campus. That is for sure. The ladies love him. <laughs> Coach Mike Littlewood joins us. Awesome performance last night. We look for two more wins this weekend. We'll chat about that and many other things next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Batcats host the Pacific Tigers tonight, game two of their three-game series. BYU with a nice win last night, 3-1 to one at Miller Park. Game time tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can catch it live 
on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Also tomorrow, the finale of the series and the season, 3 p.m. Eastern, also on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Here I'm Jordan and Jason Shepard live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. If you missed the show at noon Eastern, check out the rebroadcast at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. Our question of the day, where do you expect BYU basketball to be better next season? At Melocopter, flexing on the gram. It's going to be hard to be worse from three-point range than last year. I'm expecting us to perform better from distance and win a couple of notable games as a result. That theme continues, three-point shooting. Three-point shooting is the uh, the answer du jour today. Indeed it is. You can join in. on. Uh, make sure you use BYUSN with the hashtag. You can join in on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll obviously read more of your responses coming up a little bit later on the show. As you mentioned, Jason, nice 3-1 win for the Batcats last night. Uh, now joining us, the head coach of BYU Baseball, Mike Littlewood. Congratulations on the win last night. Thank you. Yeah. Few and far between this year, so I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you. Jordan Wood uh, is one out shy of a complete game. One run, I think, unearned as well. Uh, performance. Yeah. That was a tremendous showing from Jordan Wood. Well, that's what we were hoping for. I, I personally was hoping for just a great outing for his final outing. Um, and I, man, I was going with my heart when you know, he, was up, he was up to 103 pitches going into the ninth, which isn't, you know, we could run him up to 130. That w- wasn't a big deal. Maybe even 140 if he felt good. He didn't have a whole lot of stress with most of his pitches, but I went with my heart. And um, I think normally I would have gone left-hander. I would have gone right out of the pen in the ninth because it's just they had left switch r- left, so he would have faced two out of three left-handers. But I wanted him to get that complete game, and, and uh, man, he tried. He sure tried, but he was running, his uh, tank was pretty low when I took him out. You know, it's interesting. When you joined us on air yesterday uh, during the broadcast, you'd mentioned there's just, there's just this confidence throughout the team when he's on the mound. It's it's funny how that works. Just when when there's a guy that you know what we just feel like we're going to win. Yeah, and you know we felt like that with Mike Rucker when he was on the mound and Maverick Buffo to some degree. I mean, you just feel like that guy's going to give up one or two runs. So if you can put up two three runs, you're going to win a game. And uh, we know that Jordan's just going to go compete. I mean, he's when he when he takes a bump, he is going to compete his butt off. And that's uh, man, you just love that from a guy. He got he got in trouble a couple times yesterday. You know, one time when he was a little bit over aggressive, trying to they ran a safety squeeze, and he could have easily taken the out at first base, uh, but he wanted to try to get the guy at home, just a you know just an athletic type play, and we didn't get that. So now it's three one, late innings. They have guys on first and second with no outs, and he pitches his way out of it. I mean, just a true competitor. And uh, we talked about draft guys, but I mean, I I hope we have him next year. We want guys to move on, but we we need him as a, not only a skill level, but his his leadership. He's He's an incredible, incredible kid. Always good to have an ace. Mike Littlewood, the baseball coach, is on BYU Sports Nation. Casey Jacobson goes yard for the first time in his career. Uh, what was your reaction when that ball went over the fence for Casey? Yay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, 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 reaction. Yeah. I was happy for Casey. I mean, Casey can, Casey can hit some fastballs if you leave him out over the plate. Uh, I think Casey's issue is just trying to put together a real good solid at-bat uh, game after game, at bat after at bat, but he can. If you leave a fastball up over the plate, he's gonna he's gonna do some damage to it. And, and he's getting better at laying off some the breaking stuff down out of the zone. But um, made an incredible play at short as well. Yeah. But he was playing third base, <laughs> <laughs> so we had him playing a little bit in the hole, and he cut in front of uh, Schneeman, three sixty slide. And um, Casey can make those t- type of plays. And uh, yeah, he's been he's been good for us with Brian Sue out with a uh, wrist injury. Casey's filled in nice and been really productive for us. Not to be confused with the former Mormon Stanford NBA player. That's in, right. Uh, basketball. That's right. Yeah. Do you know how many home runs you hit at BYU? Um, 
More than Casey is the answer, but how well, if, if we didn't have Google, then I would say like 400. But since people can look it up, <laughs> I've got, people, I've got it in front of it's me. It's probably like around 30, under 30, probably it's 34. 34. See, so, so the line was set at there. We go. 30. You hit one as a. What freshman. year was that? 88. Oh, you four hit years. 18. Yeah, in four. Yeah, oh. you're like I hit 34. Yeah, yeah. One as a freshman, two as a sophomore, 13. So a huge jump uh, from sophomore to that's when I was a, I was a switch hitter my first two years mm. and then I went straight right handed my junior year because I thought that's the way to get drafted you know so that's where my mind was too as well as some of our guys and, and then eighteen is a senior yeah and so but they were juiced bats I mean the, the bats were <laughs> the bats were different than They're they different. are now they're yeah. different yeah no no doubt about it the bat the ball came off the bat a lot a lot harder when when I play than it does right now how would you have scouted you um. Probably just throw the ball right over the middle and let him hit it to the defense. <laughs> when I got to pro ball, man, I could not hit a slider. I couldn't hit a fastball either, and so that's why I'm coaching. So I just say, hey, challenge him and see where he hits it. So I was the greatest two hitter in in the world. I should have been hitting nine, but I but I was hitting two. Thank thank goodness, Coach Bullens let me hit two. <laughs> this season has been unique in that for just the second time in the, in your six year tenure, you're not going to make the West Coast Conference tournament top four. So. What kind of unique challenge has this season been, and how have you handled them? Well, it's taught me a lot about just culture, I mean, um, and about a, a lot of different things. But we had, you know, four or five guys that had down years this year that you would think would, would, were our guys. You know, on paper, they should be our guys. I mean, guys who have 58 RBI last year and under 15 this year, um, 12 home runs last year, one home run this year. I mean, production like that from four or five guys who last year, Shaver and Chauncey, Bronson Larson kind of led the way. And those guys could kind of, kind of fly under the radar a little bit and just have great years and nobody would even bring them up. Well, now it's their turn to rise and, and you know, just quite honestly, they, they didn't do it. And so, um, and then all of a sudden, those second tier guys that don't get to play a lot are like, well, why am I not in? You know, and then instead of the, our, our mantra, show up, team first, um, it's me second, kind of like changed a little bit. And so you kind of find out a little bit about team culture and you find out about confidence and you find out about, um, really accepting roles and, and all that stuff. So all that stuff kind of creeps in when when you're not really having the success that you want to have. And then the confidence level just uh, – that we couldn't punch through confidence-wise. I mean, and what's what's a shame is we go to San Francisco, who's probably the best team that we've played. I think we're the most talented team, maybe not on the mound overall, but the most talented position player team. Uh, then besides Auburn and Stanford, I think everybody else we're, we're on par or better than. Um, so that's kind of disappointing that we underachieved to that degree as a coaching staff, as players, uh, uh, everybody involved in the program. So, you know, I think it's time to make some changes, and we, we have to get guys out that don't really want to be here, that take it for granted, that just want to put on the uniform and, and lo- like, hey, look at me, I'm I've got a uniform on. You got to have guys that really want to that really want to compete. And uh, I just like last night, I just used the term "refuse to lose." I mean, that just you'll do anything not to lose, and and whether that's sitting on the bench cheering on your team. Or whether that's batting third and playing shortstop, you know, whatever your role is, your role is to, to help this team win. And, and uh, right now, I just don't think we have. And you've been around um, us a bunch. I just don't think we have 35 guys that want to do that right now. We have a bunch, but not not all 35. What is what are your expectations in terms of guys that may play at the next level? What's what what are your thoughts on those that that may be drafted? Well, I think. I think uh, Brock Hale will get drafted this year. He's a junior. He does have another year, but I, he's ready. Um, it just depends on how much money he wants, and I think this year, if Brock gets an opportunity, one, he should sign. It's his. It's it, he's ready for it, um, and not really worry too much about the money. We'd love to have him back, obviously, but you want guys to move on. I think Dave Clawson could get drafted. He's had a down year offensively, 
has some maturity issues to, to deal with, but um, I think he'll get drafted. Again, it's just depending on how much he wants to sign for, what, what his signing bonus is going to be. Um, and we talked about Jordan Wood. Jordan could. Jordan could sneak in there low rounds. Uh, you know, guy, pitchers that get drafted are usually 92-94. I mean, that's just kind of the, that's just the, the, the baseline right now. And Jordan's a 89-92 guy with a three-pitch mix, and um, he's a really good college pitcher, and I think he'd do great in pro ball, but I'm not positive he'll get a chance this year. Schneeman at the first year would have been a, would have been a high pick if he would have hit. Uh, just had a down year offensively, and so... Um, there's four or five guys in the mix that could or, or may or may not get drafted. Let's finish with this, Coach. Uh, six seniors, tomorrow's their final game in a Cougar uniform. What have they meant to you in this program? Well, I mean, every single one of them, uh, Shep and I talked about this yesterday before the game, and every single one of them have a key role. I mean, Kendall Motes isn't on our active roster this week, but, I mean, he started the championship game last, last year for us and uh, beat Gonzaga, um, and so we wouldn't have had an opportunity. Hayden Rogers wins a game in the – in the regional last year, and uh, B. Anderson, Brennan Anderson, was my very first recruit here when I had to call D.G. Nelson at Salt Lake Community College and say, hey, I need, I need a middle infielder. Um, and so every single one of them, I could go down. Rhett Parkinson has, has done an incredible job. I mean, just every one of them means a lot. And those seniors, you're like, man, those guys, you hate to see their leadership leave. But, um, you know, it's time for guys to step up, and that, this is just kind of part of the process and, and uh, growing experience. We appreciate the time. We look forward to uh, game two. We expect a similar uh, result to last night. You know, a uh, almost two-hour game. That was yeah. awesome, too. Uh, I, well, I told Hayden Rogers I want seven innings at least with 21 strikeouts. And so that's, <laughs> that's my expectation At least tonight. 21 strikeouts? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. All right. Thanks, guys. Karma. Oh, let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Sorry. I'll take anything I can get. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Jason. Thanks. Yeah, coming up tonight, 8 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Coming up, BYU football makes a few hires. We'll let you know who next in the Cougar Whip Around. And a special rise and shout to a retiring Cougar who is calling it a career after 41 years. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to show Jason during the break how to do something on computer. It's just... You're older than I am. Come on. <laughs> Thanks to today's guest, Mike Littlewood. Sorry to Dennis Pitt on no time. If you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. You're so old. <laughs> it's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Football. BYU football hired John Swift, Alema Fatisimanu, and Tasha Bell to positions on the staff. Swift will be the director of football operations. Fatisimanu is the player personnel coordinator. And Bell will be the player development and on-campus recruiting coordinator. Volleyball. The men's team, Leo Durkin, Bryce Jarman, Gabby Garcia-Fernandez, and Brendan Sander, all named All-Americans and featured in Volleyball Magazine. Fernandez named the Freshman of the Year. Prep Volleyball ranks BYU Women's Volleyball's recruiting class the eighth best in the country. The Cougars' highest recruiting ranking ever. Baseball. BYU Baseball beat Pacific 3-1, led by pitcher Jordan Wood's nearly complete game one-run performance. They face each other again tonight, 8 Eastern, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Season finale tomorrow at 3 Eastern on our air again. Softball. Cougars fall 3-2 to Drake last night in the NCAA tournament. BYU plays Albany today at 8.30 Eastern on Watch ESPN. When the Cougars win that game, they will also play a second game at 11 Eastern. Track and field. 52 athletes qualified to compete at the 2018 NCAA Division I Track and Field West preliminaries next week in Sacramento, California. The Cougars rank among the top teams in the West in number of qualifiers and have increased that total from last year's uh, total by six. Golf. 
Rose Huang played her third round of the NCAA tournament yesterday due to not playing on Sunday. Huang shot a 2 over 74. She tees off today at 210 Eastern in round one. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter for help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It goes to Ralph Zobel. He's retiring after 41 years in the BYU Athletic Media Relations Office. He's been a staple in baseball, among many other sports over the years, providing media guides, game notes, updating BYUCougars.com, setting up interviews. We wish him farewell after a long and tenured time helping the Cougars behind the scenes. He was honored last night. Ralph's been here forever, so... Walking off into the sunset, uh, riding off into the sunset, retiring. Yeah, anybody that has worked in athletics at BYU, you've crossed paths with Ralph. He's a great guy, a nice person beyond anything else, and fantastic to work with. So we certainly uh, wish him nothing but the best as he, uh, as he moves into retirement. Amen to that. Our question of the day, where do you expect BYU to be better in hoops next year? Our elite voice of the day. At Shay Lawrence C on Twitter, maturity. We're going from four upperclassmen to 11 as the roster looks today. That usually means more discipline, better play under pressure, and better teamwork. That's, that's the whole grow old together idea that we haven't really had in the last couple of years. In fact, BYU hasn't had a senior night. It's been a couple of like, seasons. Like two years ago, it yes. was Kyle Davis and LJ Rose, and they were injured. It, it is interesting Come on. when you think about that, and that's something that you only mentioned, the, the maturity of this team. Guys have been on this roster now for several seasons, and they know what to expect. You have that type of background in the program and in the conference. When, when conference season gets, you, you know what to expect. There's not a lot of guys who are going to kind of be wandering around not really knowing what they're doing. In the classroom for sure, says Josh Pratt, in relation to Chris on Facebook, <laughs> I'd like our chances to see many from our roster on the all-academic team. That's nice, too, I suppose. Yes. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand at BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason Shepard, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Mark Anderson, BYU Sports Nation. Back at it Monday. We will see you tonight on BYU TV and BYU Radio 8 Eastern for BYU Baseball versus Pacific. Go get that gauntlet drink, Jason. It's awesome.